everybody. Chris Marshall of the Payne Street Team brought to you by Payne Auto Group Valleywide and PayneAutoGroup.com. And it's time for another edition of Payne Auto Talk. And with me today on Payne Auto Talk is Mr. Enrique Liao with Liao Media. What's going on, Rick? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. Hey, thanks for being on. And uh, you are the Grand Poobah honcho of everything Leal Media. It bears your namesake, and uh, you are you're famous, and people don't know it yet. <laughs> or they or they do know, and they just uh, they don't realize it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm famous, but um, infamous, you know, infamous, a little <laughs> infamous. bit of both. That's uh, right. Uh, with uh, he. Uh, his production company is growing by the day. Y'all are growing by the day. Yeah, things are going really good. Um, we've got the, a lot of projects lined up. You know, the, the pandemic barely slowed us down just for a couple of months. And then, you know, things just kept growing after that. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy to report we're, we're doing pretty good. We're, we've got a few projects uh, for, you know, for the summer and moving on from there. Excellent. And uh, this is an audio podcast, but I am in the back. I am in the uh, studio. There's a green screen up, which I believe the industry calls it chroma key. There's umpteen hard drives here and all sorts of fantastic gear where I, I don't even know what this stuff does, but it looks like Hollywood in a box. And for those of you out there who don't know, if you enjoy those Payne Auto Group commercials, both on TV and digital, this is the man. Oh yeah. So uh, let's let's go ahead and, and throw out some of your other clients here. They, they you do good work with them, and uh, so it's us with pain. Who else you got on the docket? Uh, let's see here. I've got Texas Regional Bank. Um, I've done work for uh, Taco Palenque. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jay Gonzalez Law Firm. I've done Doctor Pena Pena I Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Valley International Airport, South Padre Island, City of South Padre. I've done work for the City of McAllen and, um, you know, Colair. Um, usually there's about eight to ten clients that, that we're working with, um, you know, and we, we do TV commercials, we do corporate video, uh, marketing videos, we do social media videos, and um music videos music videos as well yeah 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 and and then once in a while i'll work on a documentary or a short film um you know really on on the more on the creative stuff uh original content stuff awesome so um you are the george lucas stanley kubrick kind of uh tarantino of south texas (laughs) or ken burns yeah i'm throwing out some big names yeah yeah those are those are all very very big shoes to fill um but yeah, no, it's it's something where where we wanted to make high quality productions based out of the, out of the valley, and um, you know it, it turns out that making TV commercials is the most steady line of work in mm-hmm. in our business. Um, you know, movies and documentaries and stuff like that kind of come and go, and some pay, some don't. Um, but if you're trying to make a living, uh, I quickly found out early, earlier, early in my career that, that making TV commercials is, is the best way to go. And it's also, um, a lot of good practice because you get to use a lot of different equipment, you know, depending on what the creative is. And, uh, you know, I've been doing it for a long time. I feels like a long time. It's, it's been like, I don't know, 17 years, 18 years now. Wow. Well, one thing I will say, uh, we enjoy the Payne Auto Group commercials, your input, your content, 
your sense of humor, but also like right now, what's going on is the new Top Gun sequel after 30 something years. And of course, with Jay Gonzalez Law Firm, you did their Top Gun spot. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. and that's really cool. Y'all did that in Corpus on the Lexington, correct? Yeah, we went all over the place. We we did uh, shots on the on the uh, on the Lex up mm-hmm. there. Um, we, you know, it's now a museum, so we had mm-hmm. to erase a lot of the background. There's a lot of visual yep. effects, uh, stuff that you can't really notice. Um, but it's it, you know, if anything, I'm more proud of that type of work. The you know, when you can erase a hotel from the background <laughs> to make it look like the the ship is still in the middle of the ocean. Um, but yeah, we 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 went out there. We shot at the uh, City of Mission. Um, there's a museum there that we used, mm-hmm. um, and we shot, um, where else in, at the uh, Valley international airport mm-hmm. at one of the airport hangars. Uh, we shot at the Island. So we, we went all over the place for that one. Awesome. I'm trying to remember, was there a volleyball scene in that one or no? There was no volleyball scene, but there was a beach scene <laughs> okay. that we shot on like a 40 degree day, 40 degree morning oh. at the Island. And um, had to make it look like 88 and sunny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we had to warm it up a little bit uh, in post and they, they just do a quick high five. It was kind of uh, like like they're throwing around the football. I got gotcha. you. Um, and it made it onto the commercial. It's it's about a second and a half in the commercial. But we were out there on a on a nice 45 degree morning. I think it was. Yeah, I was about to say uh, being at the film shoots and uh, having some experience with it. Um it's like uh, when my I would paint things with my dad, and we would sit there and use masking tape and trim tape, and dad used to say, so, you having fun? Ten hours of masking for ten minutes of shooting. And it's the same thing like what, I guess, what ends up on the on the cutting room floor, what people don't see. Yeah, yeah, I, tr- I try not to film um, that much. You know, it's hard now because when it's video, it's digital, it's a hard drive, so you you might have hours of footage that you can you know just record. Um, so uh, you you need some discipline to say, okay, I, I've got enough takes, we can make it work with this. And if it's not working by like the fifth or sixth take, you got to change something up. Um, but uh, but yeah yeah, I try not to because I've I've done that in the past, and uh, it's so hard to go through all that footage. Yeah, because you're um, not limited with the with the number of exactly film. exactly. But if, if if you already have a good game plan uh, in the first place, you know, I would say you don't need more than five takes. Well, I, I will say, uh, you know, much like uh, when it comes to gear, we can buy gear, but when it comes to talent, that's what you have to develop. And uh, even your crew, even when they, uh, I remember Arnie, he was uh, your sound engineer. He would be off working on a TV show elsewhere, you know, out of state, and then you know, come back home, fly back home and do stuff. So your talent pool, uh, your crew, they're, they're out and about and all of a sudden, boom, they're here. And, uh, that's, that's, it's like keeping a band together. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, you know, there's our production company, our, our core team, which we've got a handful of editors and visual effects artists, uh, myself, you know, bookkeeper, uh, my wife who is a project coordinator, um, but then you've got the grips, the uh, audio people, the the electrics, uh, the directors of photography, the gaffers. A lot of these people are, um, you know, they they, they uh, freelance, mm-hmm. and uh, so they might be on another job. They might be on a, on a job in Austin or out of state. Um, but because we've got a good working relationship with with all of these people, you know, when I when I call upon them, they if they're available, they come down and and uh, they get the job done. Um, but that's usually how it goes, and I think we have the best network 
of crew here in South Texas, which is a great thing. It took a, it took a while and you know to to kind of develop the team of freelancers, but um, you know when when we put a team together, we definitely have the best people working for us. Yeah, I was about to say, I remember uh, being a dolly grip uh, a while back on a paint commercial. I went, wow, I'm part of the crew. This is this is fun. And now I got to see what's that behind the lens, behind the director and all that. And what's a, the Red Hot Chili Pepper said, uh, Hollywood's made in a basement or something like that. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's kind of like that. And but it's uh, like I said, it's the it's the it's the creative mind of the people rather than, you know, you can have all the gear in the world. I mean, and, you know. Can you keep a guitar in tune? Can you play it right? And, you know, lights, camera, you know, action, and what do you got? Yeah. So so part of part of the job or my job, you know, the, the director kind of – the producer-director sets the mood for the set. And if if you can make it feel professional, you know, that, that you're prepared, uh, the, the freelancers, the, the, your crew are going to – you know, they just showed up on the day of or the day before – and you know they're hopefully they're expecting uh, something of a professional production. And once once they know that that we know what we're doing and that we're prepared, it kind of puts them at ease. And I and you know hopefully they're I, I put them in a position where they could be relaxed, they could be focused, they could be creative, and then we have fun. You know, at the end of the day, I always say like this this isn't brain surgery what we're doing here. You know, we're we're trying to make a commercial, we're trying to be funny, we're trying to be dramatic, we're trying to do something cool. Uh, so let's have fun doing it, and if and if we can be focused and have fun, you know, I I think that's that's you know, and of course also get paid <laughs> along yeah, the way. That that always helps, you know. And and if I can, you know, so so I think <clears throat> I think a lot of people when they you know people who've worked on my cruise throughout the years, I think and I hope that they that they come in knowing that we're going to be professional because we're a legit company, um, but also that we're going to have some fun today. And, uh, and and I've heard it from you know various crew members that that you know they they're always excited to work on whatever we're doing because we're always doing something creative. Yeah, and I noticed because um, I think we were in Brownsville doing a shoot, and and I I asked you I was like, oh well this this individual's from here this individual's from here, and I thought uh, in my mind because y'all gelled so well together I'm thinking oh they they probably all went to school together yeah and you know they're in the same dorm and whatnot you know it's like you know animal house with cameras and lights you know but not yeah. not that not the debauchery minus the debauchery <laughs> but just uh working so well as, as a crew so well oiled but um how did you uh i want to let's let's get to know the man the, the man the man in the director's chair uh you weren't born with the camera in your hand no no <laughs> <laughs> some people some people think so no, no, no. I I um I was born in Brownsville, mm-hmm. Brownsville, Texas. I I grew up on both sides of the border. You know, I think I I was born in Brownsville, and then within a month or two, I was in Matamoros, mm-hmm. and then I came back um, to the U.S. Uh, when I was about eight years old, seven mm-hmm. and a half, eight years old. Um, and uh, so my first language was Spanish. I basically thought I you know I was Mexican, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I come over here and I got to learn another language, learn another culture. It wasn't too hard because you know I just went from one side of the river to the other, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but I grew up living on both both sides of the border, and I still do. You know, I I still go back to Matamoros, mm-hmm. and I still have family, and I you know when I'm over there, I'm I'm just a regular you know, Matamoros resident or whatever you want to call <laughs> just it. Just an average Joe. Just an av- yeah, I mean, I, I go to the beach over there. We go, you know, we uh, hang out at my grandma's house, at my dad's house, you know. Uh, so 
So that's always been my experience. And I'm very, uh, I'm very lucky to have that experience. I'm very proud of that, uh, that I'm, I'm kind of, you know, not only bicultural, but bilingual. Mm-hmm. And I, and I truly got to know the culture of Mexico and, and, not, and then over here, I'm, I'm, you know, I got obsessed with, with pop culture, American pop culture and, and, you know, everything that comes with being an American citizen. And, uh, so I love that duality that mm-hmm. I can kind of go back and forth. Um, and, you know, when it came down to it, I was, I was going to be an engineer, uh, coming out of high school. Really? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I wanted to be like a civil engineer, maybe an architect oh, okay. or both. And, um, but then I, I took a, um, a couple of, uh, video production classes in high school at the end of high school and that changed everything. I loved it. And so when I went into college, um, I had this idea of like, well, I love everything. I love, I love literature, history, geography, you know, um, basically all the liberal arts and, uh, I'm okay at math and science. I'm pretty good <laughs> at it, but I'm not like a rock star at it. Like it, it, it took a lot of, uh, uh, it took a lot of focus for me to do like advanced calculus and stuff like that. So, oh. so I was like, you know what? It's already, it's already kind of kicking my butt a little bit. Um, and I think I could still do it. I could still be an engineer, but I'm not going to be a great engineer. I'm going to be like somewhere in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And I was like, life is not about being in the middle of the pack. I want to, I want to be a rock star at, at, at whatever it is that I, that I end up doing, you know, like I really want to shine. And, and I figured out like, well, I really like these video production classes. Um, maybe I could be a filmmaker because I love all the liberal arts. I love literature. I love politics. I love sociology. I love all these different things. And I was like, I think filmmakers is a mix of all of those things put together. And of course there's that that kind of that Hollywood kind of sexy Mm -hmm. aspect, rock star aspect of it. And then right around the time it was kind of like, that's what, that's what I think heads wanted to be was like the next Quentin Tarantino or the next Mm. uh, Robert Rodriguez. You know, so oh, I was yeah. like, you know, so this was in the mid mid to late nineties. Oh yeah, and, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Rodriguez know. and Tarantino were yeah, yeah, they yeah. were hitting it hard. Yeah, man. so I was like, I want to be one of those guys. And um, so I, I going into college, I, I said, you know what, I'm not forget about the engineering school. I'm I, I want to study filmmaking. And because I'm from the border mm-hmm. and I grew up on both sides, I I, uh, I ended up getting a film degree, um, and uh, dual concentrations in Latino studies and Latin American studies. So. Wow. Um, you know, so, th- so I came back to the Valley with that intention of like, let's shoot films, let's do, you know, video production on the border. Cause I feel like that's my, that's my calling. Yeah. Going, going with what you know, and then, yeah. and then really lifting the veil, you know, on, on what really lies beneath. Correct. Correct. I always felt like I had an inside track of, of life on, on the border, um, you know, for all million different reasons, and and uh, but what I, what I was lacking was that formal education, and I mm-hmm. got it, and and um, you know, so I came down here thinking I'm gonna make a movie here, and uh, <laughs> it's harder than it looks, you know. Um, so you know, uh, also I didn't grow up with 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 uh, with money or contact, so mm-hmm. I, I basically was like, oh, how do, well, how do I get started? How do I keep my dream alive? And it turned out that making TV commercials is, um, you know, it, it can work. You can make a living. You can keep getting better at the job. Um, you know, you get all the experience. And, um, you know, eventually the, the goal still is, after all these years, um, you know, create my own production company uh, in order to one day make original content. Um, so, you know, in, in the last 15 years, 16 years, 17 years, 
I think we've made thousands or I've made thousands of commercials. I've written like a thousand scripts, uh, you know, and I've done all the different jobs from, you know, the bottom to the top. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all working out. It's just taking a hell of a lot longer than I ever thought it would. But then yeah. again, when you're like 20, you, you think everything is like, oh, a couple of years and, you know, yeah, uh, well, you'll figure it out. Well, it takes a long time. Well, I thought um, we had a pain commercial a while back and uh, I, it, it freaked me out. And I was like, wow, we are ahead of the curve. And I think you're... Uh, it was uh, what was it? The Tecmo Bowl one. Where oh we, yeah, yeah. We yeah. did the, the we called it eight bit for for those of you out there. For everybody under thirty, there was this thing called the the Nintendo Entertainment System, and one of its greatest games was uh, Tecmo Bowl, and it was a football game. And we you had the graphics done, mm-hmm. and I actually took a music bed I had. When the music is the music bed is the music we put, uh, you know, on that you hear in the commercials, and you said, can you convert it? To 8-bit. I'd never done that. And I'm sitting there going, can I take something that I've recorded digitally that sounds analog and make it sound like something off of a Nintendo game? And, of course, all of those hours. See, Mom and Dad, I love you. All those hours of uh, playing Nintendo paid off. Finally. Finally. You know, all those hours of Contra and Top Gun 1 and 2 and Double Dragon. Anyway, I digress. And uh, Jackal. I love, thank you, Konami. I love all your products. Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to Konami? I know. Well, I think they're still doing it. I mean, one of these days I'll probably have one of those uh, arcade tabletop things where I can yeah. play Ninja Turtles or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, there I am. We, we, I made the digital music. We, we did the commercial. We got the proofs to it. it and it's, and it's already on the air. And I'm making breakfast for my kids. And I've got my, my iPhone going and it's hooked to a Bluetooth speaker. And I look over. And all of a sudden, I'm going, there's Barry Sanders. And I'm going, and he's in a Nintendo spot. And I'm sitting there thinking, no. No, did we get Barry Sanders? It, wait, 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 no. It was, it was Bo Jackson. Bo, Bo Jackson, Jackson. Bo Jackson. Yeah, it was yeah, Bo Jackson. Yeah. Barry Sanders. Yeah. But uh, my bad. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time. But um, and, I'm, and it was a Kia commercial. And it was a national spot. And yeah. we were, and it was the actual licensing of Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, correct. And we yeah. were two weeks ahead. And yeah. we're, we're down here. And I called uh, our marketing director, Donna. I'm like, we're ahead of the game. I was like, Enrique came up with this. You know, hey, I got an idea for this. And all of a sudden, boom. We, I didn't know it. it. And it was out. It's like we're, we're ahead yeah. of, the, of a national spot on, yeah. a regional, on a regional level. And I was like, this is awesome. What else are we going to do? You know, it's yeah. like, this is cool. So I knew, I knew something was going on with you. And... Uh, and doing the commercials and stuff. You mentioned documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of documentary are you well done or looking at? Uh, I've I've done a couple of different things. Some you know, the down here people come down from all over the world uh, to cover the the border wall, immigration issues, you know, drug cartels. Oh, yeah. So I've I've helped on um, on those types of things because they need somebody who's local. Who knows the you know the lay of the land and and also has a, a production background and and I'm I'm that guy I'm the dude um, so I'm, I'm I'm what you call a fixer for you know for those people who come down and they want to they film here I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like I have all the answers I know where to go I know the people in the cities um, I know what you can and cannot do mm-hmm. so you know there there was one called Southmost USA. I ended up, um, you know, being their fixer slash associate producer slash sound man sometimes, wow. you know, and uh, second camera, third camera. Um, 
and uh, and I won a couple of awards um, at the uh, what was it called uh, Cine Las Americas in in Austin. And uh, right now, I'm actually uh, helping out some Dutch filmmakers uh, really? come down in the fall and um, and shoot their own documentary. Wow! Um, you know, and I and I've I've done all sorts of different work. Um, you know, from from doing a um, you know back in the day, I did I did a a short documentary on a friend of mine who had cancer. Mm. Um, and uh, what else? There's so many different videos. There, there's a lot of video that that feels like a documentary, but we're doing it for. Um, as, as a corporate piece, as a as an advertisement for, for example, like SPI. Okay. We're doing a live like a local, so we follow around uh, a local person, you know, from the island. Oh, okay. And they they tell us about who they are, what they do, and and we create this very cool little you know three minute piece, and it feels you know it it feels authentic because it is authentic, and I shoot it like we would shoot a, a documentary. Um, and, uh, you know, so all of those experiences, uh, really help create stuff that's authentic. And I love to, to kind of mix up genres and, uh, you know, jump from, from like comedy spots like we do for pain, um, to maybe, you know, some of this documentary stuff that we're doing for the island. And then we'll do like branding and lifestyle commercials, you know, for, for a lot of the clients that we've got. So are you going to do your own internal documentary, like a day in the life? of a valley director or something like I that. I don't know. I don't know. I we we've thought we've we've kind of we we always go back and forth on like how much, you know, I'm I'm big on sharing uh info, you know, from one filmmaker to the next. Um but I I always kind of think in the back of my mind like are, are people taking, you know, the the lessons away from me sharing what mm-hmm. what equipment I'm using or you don't yeah, want to my, give up my, your recipe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's definitely that, but also like, it it's not as easy as it looks. You know, mm-hmm. just because I tell you what camera I'm using doesn't mean like, oh, if, if I buy that camera, it's gonna look the same. Like, well, no, you gotta light it, you gotta do this. The sound is important. The way you direct actors, the way you produce it. So I'm I'm always kind of like, if somebody really wants to know that secret recipe, you should probably show up in person and ask, you know, or or hang out with us or or be part of the crew. And then you'll see it in, in action because it's a lot of different uh, moving parts, uh, you know, too many to count, um, you know. But but uh, but yeah, I, I love to talk about filmmaking and uh, with anybody, and I can I can talk about it for days. I was about to say, man, you should probably have your own podcast on, uh, you know, doing you know just a film podcast. Maybe you could do something like maybe, that. Maybe maybe. I, I think um, you, I think you know a guy or two or a gal or two with a camera. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, it's it's uh it's you know there's a lot of people out there already who are super passionate about doing that. Um, I feel like my role is is uh is is a little unique because I'm I I do so many different things and it's out of passion, really. You know, from writing, you know, I write the scripts, I produce the commercials, most of the commercials, and I direct the commercials, and you know, and I I, I have a very extensive editing you know uh, background as an editor. Um, so I love all aspects of filmmaking, uh, but I'm not. Uh, well, I, guess, I mean, I'm an expert in a few. In a few of them, I like mm-hmm. to think, um, but uh, but yeah, the way that I do it is very very different. Um, you know, because I'm just doing so many different jobs that I can. Uh, it seems you like know. you're spread out uh, yeah. in a lot of places, and yeah. I know you do stuff here in the valley, but you've also done some stuff up north. Yeah. Yeah. When, yeah, I, when we, I say up north, I, I was like, people say, "What's that mean in the valley beyond the checkpoint?" Yeah, beyond <laughs> Falfurrias, yeah. I've, I've uh, I shot a video about five miles north of Falfurrias. Then, oh man, no, I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. Took your Arctic jacket uh, with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a whole other world out there, guys. Um, 
No, we. I mean, we. I worked all over Texas in the Texas film industry, you know, shooting commercials up in Dallas, Houston, Austin. Um, you know, there's, there's, um, and, and here's the thing because we know how to do it the right way because mm-hmm. we follow industry rules down here, or at least my, my company and, and the crew that we work with, we try to keep it at, at a, at a very professional level. Uh, you know, what, what ends up happening is that either myself or the people, that work with me who end up up north working in the industry, um, they all say the same thing is, is, um, Hey, you guys are doing it the right way because I just came back from a shoot in Austin and the crew is run the same way that you run your crew. Mm -hmm. You know, the rules are the same. Um, and that's, you know, if you're doing it at a professional level, you can be plugged in into any crew basically around the world. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and not only, you know, working up north, but I've worked in Mexico as well. Yeah, on an international level. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So so once you work with those crews and if you really are being taught the right way and doing things the right way, uh, you can work anywhere in the world. You know, language might be the only, you know, only barrier. barrier. But the the rules are the same, and um, which is which is a very cool thing to know that we're 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 practicing industry standard practices here in the valley, uh, just the same way they do it in L.A. and Dallas and New York, Chicago, wherever. Um, you know, so so that's something that I'm proud of is is the people who come up with us, the crew. You know, if, if they want to move on to to bigger cities. We, we're giving them a, a great leg up because you're getting real world experience here in the valley. Yeah, I was about to say, y'all. I mean, getting together and looking at the gear and everything, and all of a sudden it's it's flowing so well. And I'm sitting there going, there is a method to this madness. It's not uh, how did they got like Gonzo journalism, like yeah. the Hunter S. Thompson thing. It's not uh, it's not just slapped together. Y'all y'all have a a focus and a vision, and it it's you know, step by step, you know, it feels almost like, almost like a military op, yeah. but, but just a little bit, you know, there's a, it's, it's laid back, but, and y'all have your own industry jargon. Like, you know, the common person will say tripod, y'all say sticks, you know, and I'm yeah. sitting here having to learn all this, you know, that way I know, I know what's going on, you know, as being on set and, and helping out with the process. And it, uh, if, if that's the standard that you're abiding by and also setting, I can see, um, you know, when you're going to work with Dave Filoni and, and them on the Star Wars stuff. Come on, man. Come on. Help them out, dude. Help yeah. them out. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've, got my, I've got a few notes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. My, nerd, got... my inner nerds coming out. Yeah. And uh, with a lot, of, a lot of travel, I mean, I mean you, you, you drive a lot of miles. You, yeah. You... There's, there's um, you know, there, there's always kind of like slow periods where it's like oh i've just been at the office all day you know or for the whole week or for two weeks i've just been editing so you know you're here and then all of a sudden i'm like you know i gotta be at the island for a shoot and the next day we're in hardingen for something and then i gotta go to brownsville for a meeting and then i gotta shoot in edinburgh and you know so so that's that's what i love about the the job i mean i love all aspects of the job but one of the things i love is is uh there's no you know uh it's not the same thing every day. Yeah. You know, you know so I, I, I just love being in the middle of like, I'm planning a shoot. I'm about, you know, I'm going to go do another, you know, shoot, uh, a different, a different project. And I'm in post-production for a different project. Um, so I, I love all of that. And, and then the travel is, is cool because I've, I've gotten, um, 
to do a lot of I've gotten to live other people's lives mm-hmm. whether for the day or for a couple of weeks um, because you know uh, thanks to filmmaking you know mm-hmm. so what I mean by that is like uh, you know I get to travel and and uh, we're at the island for example and I'm with a you know with a deep sea fisherman or something like that oh my God. And, you, and you know you spend a day with that guy and he's and he's happy to share you know his story and the way he you know he lives his life and his principles and all this stuff and you're filming it and like oh that's that's really really cool i'm not a deep sea fisherman but i for the day i got to shadow a guy who who does it for real you know and then you do that with a surgeon and then you go in there you know at a hospital and and you film a surgery you know and mm-hmm. i was like wow i've never wanted to be a surgeon but here i am right next to the guy who's doing it for real and he's he's showing me, and of course because there's a camera around, he's very mm-hmm. nice, and and you know they they basically are like, well, yeah, you're here to, you know, I'm here to share my my profession and and what we're up to. Uh, so the camera literally just opens a, a lot of doors uh, for travel opportunities and and to experience a lot of different uh, careers that that I don't, you know, I wouldn't normally or the normal person wouldn't. Um, you know, and it, everything from judges to, to doctors, uh, pilots, you know, um, uh, and ev- I guess everything in between, you know, veterinarian. I've, I've seen dog surgeries, you know, Whoa. Like, you know, like, like it's just, Yikes. you know, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's a fun job. And, you know, I, I've, I've, you get to fly on helicopters and, you know, private jets and all sorts of stuff. And it's, it's like, wow, it's all thanks to this job um, because, you know, filmmaking is 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 fun. You you don't really film things that are boring. You usually don't film boring things. You're gonna film stuff that's interesting, that's in a great location. You want to film, you know, interesting people, and and that's what I'm I'm really grateful for because I get to live a lot of different lives thanks to, uh, you know, to to my job. You're gonna skydive with the camera. It's gonna happen. I've I I haven't skydived with the camera, but I planned. I came up with an idea. Uh, for these skydivers well don't give up the ghost uh, here you don't want you know yeah <laughs> well i i basically did everything other than the skydive I, I i i produced it i came up with the idea uh we um you know we had we had to figure out how, where and how to attach like big cameras to like the guy's helmet mm-hmm. you know and then smaller gopro cams as backup cams and then we had to do visual effects to make a parachute look like like the logo of of, of the uh the client wow um you know so so yeah I, and i was at the airport with the skydivers <laughs> um and I, I wanted to do it i, I wanted to do oh, it you myself wanted to get that action yeah, yeah 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 um but you know uh it it I was kind of more needed on the ground yeah. than I was. Like, let the professionals do, it. do yeah, do the jump. But I, I was ready to jump with them. Um, see, on another shoot, speaking of that type of work, um, I, I, I was hired to go shoot um, a, um, a hotel from the air. And so so they, the client uh, contracted a local, like, pilot with a Cessna, and they took the door off the, mm-hmm. the plane, and uh, I was filming out, out the the opening Mm -hmm. but then i I got so confident i was very young at the time uh but i was so confident that i actually i kind of walked out of the plane and onto the wing like holding onto the wing and i filmed that way because because there was a like a i don't know what you call it like a stud or something on the that's the strut the strut but but you had a harness on and all that kind of no no (laughs) (laughs) oh my god but I walked. I walked out there. I think. I think maybe he was going like a hundred miles an hour, like eight, yeah, maybe but, like 90, 80 miles an hour. Well, it's it's not the it's not the speed or the height. It's that sudden stop. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And and it was funny because when we were going up, um, the guy, the pilot, I was I was next to the pilot, and and you know we got our little headphones mm-hmm. with the with the boom mic. mic. Yeah, the mm-hmm. little mic. And uh, he sees he sees me fidgeting with my um, seatbelt. My seatbelt. And he's like, "Hey." Don't touch that. That's right. <laughs> it's really old. Oh my god. <laughs> so so I was like, oh crap. But you know, I, I at that moment I was like, this is so much fun and I felt really confident. Um I, I guess that I wasn't gonna fall out of the plane even though I'm I don't know, a few, <sighs> a few thousand feet up. The young and the bold. Um, yeah. So oh I, I, I was like, Man, I'm not getting I'm not getting the shot, shot that I want because want. of this strut thing that's holding yeah, the uh um, yeah, the wing the up. Wing yeah. up. So I was like, what if I hold on to the strut and I kind of put put my foot here and I lean my body out and mm-hmm. I get the shot and I got the shot. Um, but uh, but I, I, I'm like, I love any sort of adventure like that. That's to me. I'm like, that's an added bonus. And then, you know, the, uh, if I could do more stuff like that, I, I would do it every day. Hmm. Uh, right now, I'm trying to think of people I know in aviation. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good thing is I don't remember the pilot's name, so. Uh, but yeah, yeah he probably I don't get he, anybody in trouble. He probably should yeah. not have let me do that. <laughs> oh, uh, on the way down, I remember one thing he said. So we land, um, we're landing, and and uh, he's like, "Hey, you must." We're still on the little mic, yeah. so he's like yelling into yeah. his, his little mic, and he's like, "Hey, uh, you you seem like you've been doing this for a long time." <laughs> I'm like, "No, it's my first, my first time on on a little Cessna, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm just having fun. I'm having fun." Man. Now, um, you know, we were talking about the experience and everything, and there's people up and coming, like with the the age of the cell phone. Now, we have cameras, we have video. People mm-hmm. are shooting, you know, in 4K and all this kind of stuff. And I remember a few years back that uh, was it at Sundance. There was a, uh, I think it was back with the iPhone five or six, and they actually shot an independent film. A short film it was like 45 minutes i think the rule is what 45 or 48 minutes including credits mm-hmm. but they but it they shot the whole movie with an iphone and it yeah. won yeah and now with you know people and i want to say kids but shooting with uh phones i mean they say oh it's like having a virtual studio in your hand mm-hmm. but uh somewhere out there is uh a young and up and coming director or producer or somebody. And what would you say to them? They're out there, you know, filming bits of nature and they're going on their little adventure on their skateboard or on their bike. What would, what would you tell them as a possible future director? I say, keep doing it, you know, shoot as much as you can. Um, the, the iPhone or, you know, phone cameras. Um, now, now you have decent quality on your phone, which is great. Um, but it's not enough just to film pretty pictures. It's <clears throat> putting them together. You know, that's how you tell a story because it's a lot of different pieces and you got to piece it together. So I think, I think, you know, with stuff like Instagram and Snapchat, all, all this stuff. It's 30 seconds know, at a time. Yeah. What so can, so you do like one cool idea, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, and, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. That, or that was funny, you know, but it's like, okay, well, can you add two, three different ideas to that, you know? Because once you st- really start editing a video, that's really where the storytelling comes into play. And uh, so, it's, so yes, film the sunset, film, you know, you riding your skateboard. But if you want to be a filmmaker, you got to tell a story. 
you know, I uh, or at least a narrative filmmaker, you got to mm-hmm. tell a story. You want, if you want to do, you know, more artsy fartsy stuff, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You know, as long as it's cool. Um, but if you want to be a narrative filmmaker, um, you got to learn the technical side, but also learn, you know, learn how to tell a story, and that is much harder than learning the technical side. Yeah, I was about to say how many scripts out there mm-hmm. and screenplays never make it. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to to really you know. It's it's still the hardest job is to put words to paper and have it be funny, have it be dramatic, have it be interesting. Um, you know, it's it's much harder than than uh, learning the equipment. And you can go from an iPhone to a DSLR to you know GoPro, an, an Alexa. Yeah. You know, like you know, there's <laughs> levels to it, but you you learn along the way. But learning to see and and evaluate a good story is hard and uh learning to write a good story is hard so for those people yes shoot all you want on the iphone edit it put it together but start figuring out how to tell a story and um and usually that's that's part you know formal education and that's just part experience yeah um mark hamill who played luke skywalker in the you know throughout star wars since 1977 in an interview i believe he once said he you know Star Wars was not a big secret. He goes, here's a story about a, a farm boy with a wizard, and there's a guy with a spaceship and a, and a mm-hmm. giant seven-foot dog, you know, and he says he was given the script to all his friends to read, and they didn't they didn't know what to make of it, and they shoot the movie, and they say, I believe it was uh, the George Lucas's wife at the time. She was the editor, so even though they had a good story, it was her editing yeah. that really, they say it saved the movie, you know, the original 77 release of episode four yeah and that's that weaving of the tapestry yeah that and that's what i love about filmmaking is that it's not just about the camera it's not just about the writing you know it's a little bit of everything it's it's extremely collaborative and that that is the really cool part you know so so hopefully you polish the script as much as you could hopefully you've got the best equipment you can afford hopefully you casted the best people you possibly could you know, and hopefully, <laughs> you know, hope is a, is a big word um, in, you know, in filmmaking. But if, if you're doing the best you can in all of these different departments, you can't help but create something good. You know, it, it's bound to happen, you know, and uh, and if you and if it doesn't, then you then a good filmmaker would know where did we go wrong? Was it the story? Was the acting a little off or maybe my directing was, you know, the actors was off or or the editing? You know, mm-hmm. the editing is so important. Um, yeah, was the the sound was the, was the sound just weird? You know, did we not? Uh, I mean, I've seen movies that I'm, that I'm like, man, this is really missing like a good soundtrack. Yeah. You know, it's like the movie is decent. If it had a better soundtrack, it would move along the story better. So, so to me, that's that's the most difficult thing is to have all of these different departments be on top of their game and under one vision. You know, if we if you can do that as a director or filmmaker. And get all these all these people with all these you know unique beautiful talents, but also egos. Oh yeah! If you can get them all working on the same page, then then you really have something. I was about to say you you probably run across some pretty interesting personalities here and there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What I what I've learned is one of my biggest skills is patience. <laughs> I didn't know I was a very patient person, uh, but a lot of people tell me that I'm very patient, and it's because. You know, uh, people have huge egos, and you and you're a husband and a dad, and you know, and you balance that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that 
the the whole patience thing. Yeah, yeah. There's there there. You need uh, a lot of patience and and be able to work with people and listen to people and understand people to do this job. It's a it's a people job, you know. Um, and I, I and I'm a I guess you would say I'm a, kind of an introvert extrovert. You know, I love being alone. I love just spending time the fortress in my, of solitude. Yeah, yeah. I like I love to spend time in my own head and and then and then and then I just kind of like go out and talk to people and I explode with energy because <laughs> I have so much to say. It's knowing when to flip the switch. Yeah, yeah. And then and then once I'm drained, I I'm like, man, I love I just want to go back to being <laughs> back what, in my room. I just want to sit in my chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not do anything, not do anything at all. Uh but I but I love I love all of those all, all of those parts. But yeah, at the end of the day it's a, it's a it, uh, you need to be a people person and deal with a lot of different uh, trains of thought. Um, and and the the most beautiful thing is once you've proven yourself and say, look, I you got to trust me. I know what I'm doing. And when I do this job, um, people trust you, you know, and that, that trust is, is huge, you know. So it's like, hey, I, I respect what you've done. You've been successful in your field. Um, you know, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer or, uh, you know, a, a, a CEO of a company, you know, but you got to trust me because mm-hmm. we're, we're making a video here, you know. And uh, so I love when that trust is there. Um, yeah, I saw that in uh, one of the Brownsville shoots. You we were changing scenes and uh, changing some of the lighting and you were standing there and it was a big, huge thing of the green screen, you know, the material. And I remember you just crossing your arms and you're staring at it and you're you went, hold on, I got an idea. And the crew kept doing their thing. And me, it's like, I'm curious. I want to know, but I'm looking at the crew like, he's got an idea. I'm, I'm going to, he's in, he's in the zone. Yeah. Uh, and you just, you just kind of stood there and you went, all right, I know what we're going to do. And I went, okay. And it's like, I felt so thankful as I didn't infringe on the zone. <laughs> Cause I remember you just sitting there staring. I was like, he's staring at this blank space and probably in your head, you could see how it was playing out. And I'm yeah. like, wow, there's, there's something going on in there. I don't, I don't want to bother him. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? I don't mind. I don't mind being uh, quote unquote bothered. I guess mm-hmm. uh, because it, it, I've I've understood it's a collaborative thing, you know. So um, hopefully you're prepared enough. You go into the day prepared enough where where you're like, if we just stick to the script and my notes, we're gonna have something that's solid. But you also need to be prepared enough where you can say, you know what that idea is not as good as the idea I'm having right now at this moment. So let's go with this. And then you quickly just kind of, you know, double check in your head, like, will it work with this? Does this line still work? Will the edit still work? What about the sound effect? You know, so you just go through this checklist on your head of like, okay, we still, you know, are checking off the whole list. um, But, uh, but this idea is better. So let's go with this now. So you get to pivot, you know, and that, that's to me, that's, that's the ultimate kind of, uh, thing you can do on a set is say i was already happy with what i was coming in with mm-hmm. you know we were going to do a solid job everything's working out but now i got this even better idea let's yeah. do that as yeah. well yeah this seems off the wall but trust me for the next three minutes yeah exactly <laughs> and that and you know that's that movie magic or whatever you want to call it um so you got you got to you got to be like 90 percent prepared and then leave 10 percent uh for for improvising i guess i got you yeah. and you're the kind of director that you actually load the um, the the box truck 
and I've been there. We're, oh, we're, by yeah. like me actually doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, actually. Yeah. It's like you're not like okay. You're you're not pointing fingers and do, it's like no. I I'm I'm, I'm, in the, I'm I'm helping out in the box truck. Also, I look up and you're there and you're like, oh, get get this box too. And I'm like, yeah. like <laughs> the directors, you know, here, you know, we're all we're all doing this, and it, and that's what it makes it feel like a a crew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I truly do have a passion for filmmaking. So, and it's my equipment. Um, yeah, I so, was about to say you want to make sure don't so, drop that. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I'm still kind of like supervising as as I help load out the truck and all the equipment, and you know, make sure that that nothing is broken. Um, you know, because I am playing the role of director, but also producer. And a producer, you know, the director can leave as soon as you say, you know, that's a wrap. Mm-hmm. The, you know, technically, the director can just take off. Or, you know, go handle other business. But everything else has to be taken. Yeah, down. and the producer or the line producer, you know, the UPM, you know, they have to stick around, make sure everything is done correctly and, and wrapped up correctly and taken back, you know, to headquarters. Um, so I don't mind doing any of that stuff. I love I love working with the equipment. I love seeing in what shape my equipment mm-hmm. is in and the camaraderie of, of uh, being with the crew, mm-hmm. you know, because um, we're all exhausted by the end of the day. So, I, I, you know, and, and then I, afterwards we go get a beer together, you know, yeah. so, so I've That's never, yeah, yeah. So I've never <laughs> lost that kind of connection to to actual filmmaking just because I'm, I'm doing more administrative work or I'm doing more stuff with the clients. I still love to just be one of the crew members. Awesome, awesome. And with the driving and stuff, I mean, driving the box truck, is that hectic sometimes? <laughs> yeah, well, so, I mean, I, I usually don't drive it uh, anymore. I don't mm-hmm. mind driving it. Um, I don't mind, you know, uh, driving those those big trucks. Um, you know, I, I, again, all of that is an adventure mm-hmm. for me, you know. Uh, so driving different vehicles under different terrain, uh, all of that is is fine, you yeah. Know? And then I, and then if I can't for whatever reason, logistical reason, I, I hand over the keys to one of the one of the guys in the crew and you know people that I trust and and they take care of it. But uh, yeah, it's it's all of I found it I find it all fascinating. I, I love it all. You think you'd ever probably if they came up with a film school down here, you'd probably put in time as a prof or a or a um, go to guy. I'd ha- I'd have to be paid a lot of <laughs> money. <laughs> Um, you know, I'd, I'd rather just give it away for free. I, mm-hmm. I don't, um, I, you know, th- there's, well, I, I have all sorts of thoughts on, on the whole education system, but, uh, I, yeah, I, I'd rather just do it, you know, for free, uh, instead of being a professor who's, who's to be a men- to be a mentor rather yeah, than, yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and, um, there's, there's a lot to, to, to learn about filmmaking. Um, you know, and what I learned in college myself was, was film theory. Um, that was that was the main thing, which, uh, you know, when you're 18, 19, 20, you don't you, you just want to touch, you know, you want to so work with the camera. It's called film theory. Yeah. Film theory. Yeah. Much like music theory. But, but yeah. for film. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I didn't even know that. So, it, OK. Yeah. So so you I mean, I have a film studies degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you could become a film critic if you want. Oh, you know? God. Uh, but you're watching all sorts of movies, you know, from from. You know, back in 1895 or whatever it is, you know, to the Lumiere brothers, and you know, you're watching uh, Nosferatu you know, and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. yeah, and Nosferatu is is already you know and later they, on. Yeah, and they, and they found that uh, that one complete the complete film mm-hmm. over in Italy or something. It was in a can in its can, yeah. and yeah. they found like a couple of minutes of missing footage. Oh, that's amazing! I didn't yeah, know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, yeah. They, it's a they they spliced it together. You can you can tell what's you know redone you know yeah. but uh, yeah it's it's a little jewel yeah and and so so you, if you start you know if you start with that film theory and and really get an appreciation for film history 
you know, because it exploded, you know, film 120 years ago, whatever it is, um, it exploded and people all over the world started to get cameras or, or there was visiting, you know, I don't even think they call themselves filmmakers, but, you know, there was people who traveled around the world with a camera in their hands and, and it was this beautiful thing. It was like magic. It was like a magic show. Um, and so you learn about all that and then you see like how come we how far we've come technology wise but storytelling is still the same yeah um, you know you still want to wow the audience people are paying good money to come and, and, and be entertained uh, and even back then that I mean they were trying to entertain you of course in different ways than we do now but you really get an essence of like why does film exist why is it one of the you know the world's you know greatest art forms Um and how many people it takes. I mean, even back then, they knew, like, holy crap, it's going to take a lot of people to do, make this happen. It's going to take an army of people to make this movie happen. Um, so, so yeah, you have to grow an appreciation for that. And, and a lot of kids do not have the patience um, to sit through those movies, those black and white movies, those silent movies. Uh, they don't have the patience to read the, the you know, uh, film criticisms, you know, all, all these things, you know, film journals that, that there were back in the day. Um, but if you if you can that that's going to create a very solid foundation for you to understand um, filmmaking, you know, and, and really how it, it it's changed, but it really hasn't, you know. Um, so I, I would say that'd be a great step number one. And then and then um, you know YouTube is amazing. Oh yeah. Um, if you want to learn how to use a camera, if you want to solve any problem, <laughs> go to YouTube. Um, so so that would probably be the. The other thing I would say, if I if I if there was a film school or film mm -hmm. class, I'd be like, yeah, you know, take the time to learn a little bit about film theory, um, and also learn how to use YouTube, which fortunately kids know how to do nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, but it, there is an art to that as well. Of like, all the information is out there already, but how do you ask the right question? True. You know, to to ask Google or to put into YouTube. You know, what are the search terms to get the right answer? Um, and you don't know what question to ask unless you have a film background. You know? gotcha. So that that's like learning the terminology. The first. terminology of uh, you know of like, well, how do I phrase this to get the answer, the right answer? So, um, but but yeah, yeah, I, I think that's probably the missing element a lot nowadays. The cameras, all of that is there. The answers are on YouTube. How to you know how to do a three D effect? Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. The answers are out there. People just don't know what questions to ask. But the, the truly lost kind of uh, part of it is the film theory where a lot of people are just kind of skipping through it, you know, okay. watching Star Wars and the Godfather is not necessarily, yeah. you know, uh, all of film history. That's, that's basically like 1974 and In 1977 <laughs> 77 for Star Wars. Yeah. Um, you know, and by then the Hollywood system and all that is already like set in stone. Um, you know, you got, you got to go back. Uh, to to the different parts of film because it's it's about a hundred years older than that. Oh yeah, it's much like in music, you don't start with uh, you the know, Beatles Chuck, or something. Yeah, you don't yeah. start with Chuck Berry. You got to go back to Mozart and beyond. You yeah, know? exactly, exactly. So, so even yeah. tribal stuff. Yeah, and and there's all sorts of uh, film theory books, but that's why you go to school because you not only do you want to read the book, but you want to discuss the films and 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 the readings and all that with with uh, like minded people and with a professor to lead it you know, in a, in a very uh, sophisticated, educated fashion. I got you. Um, There's a certain structure to it and a method. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But, but yeah, I would say that's probably the part that's going to be missing in the future for a lot of uh, indie filmmakers, or if you, if you don't, if you don't uh, study film uh, formally in, in college, um, 
you know, getting that film theory is going to be difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's always there's always a way. There's it makes me want to. I'm going to YouTube film theory and just look it up just for myself, just so I can I can get a I can get a taste. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, and it's fun because you get to see a lot of different types of movies. Um, but again, the new generation, the the um, the amount of time they want to spend watching a black and white movie mm-hmm. is like zero minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? it's it's not thirty seconds on TikTok. No, yeah. no. It, you know, I I, I said this uh, a while back of like, you know how how uh, people will stop pirating movies like brand yeah. like the Avengers movie or something. Yeah. Um, just release it in black and white. And no, no, and no, no, fifteen-year-old is gonna be like, "Hey, I just download illegally downloaded the Avengers movie, uh, but it's in black and white. You guys want to see it?" And they'll be like, "No, thanks. Exactly. I, I think I'll wait and pay, you know, at the theater to go see it, um, you know." But that, that's there's, I guess, a certain stigma to old mm-hmm. uh, in everything nowadays. But uh, but in movies, like people think like, "Oh, it's old." I'm like, "Yeah, but these are classics. These well, are important. like Schindler, Schindler's." Schindler's List. Yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah. my mouth is broke. Yeah. But Schindler's List. Um, say that five times fast. Yeah. Uh, they shot that in black and white, so just yeah. to give it that old school vibe. Yeah, it was like that, that was, and that was something. Uh, well, look at uh, even color film back in the day. Mel Brooks, Young Frankenstein was shot yeah. in black and white. Yeah, and uh, still classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those. Uh, um, I mean, you have to do it for artistic reasons, and mm. uh, and hopefully your audience understands that. Um, you know, and you find the right audience for, for what you're creating. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, all of that stuff is so much fun. Cool. And, I, and I'm probably going to have to take off in the, in I, know, the I was about bit. to say, just right quick, we'll do some like three quick questions. Uh, uh your, yeah. Maybe like, or pain stuff, I guess maybe to talk about the, well, I mean, uh, we, I mean, we already, we, we, we talked about the commercials and stuff, but sure. one thing I will say first car, what was your first car? Uh, my first car. Yeah. Official car was yep. a was a 2004 Scion TC, and mm. I and I had it coming out of college because I need I had a job interview in Houston, and uh, luckily I, I had a um, a friend of the family co-sign with me, awesome. uh, so I could get a car. Is that that box? It was like that toaster looking thing. It had that. Oblong oh no, that's the XP. Okay, that's the XP. The the the, the Scion TC is a coupe. Okay, uh, I got you. Yeah, and I absolutely love that car. Um, and it it got trashed with hail. Oh. Many years later, 2012. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that thing yeah. that happened here. Yeah, that was yeah, horrible. yeah. The whole roof collapsed. It was horrible because yeah. the, the whole roof was made out of glass. It was, oh, it was that's a, right. Yeah. yeah, the panoramic thing. Yeah, but I, I learned how to drive when I was like 12. What was um, that car? It was a is an old Toyota pickup truck. Oh, yeah. awesome! Yeah, yeah. A little quarter ton thick. job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember because it, uh, I saw it on Toy Story. It's the oh. one that the pizza guy yo, has. That says, says yo. yo. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this one was a uh, was a uh, red. Yeah, uh, uh, stick and um, that. So so yeah. Uh, yeah, my dad had a '76 Toyota truck and he traded it for a little Ram 50 from uh, Ed Payne Motors and I yeah. and I drove that for years. Yeah, man, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I, that's I learned to drive on that. That's yeah. awesome. And the truck you drive now is what? Because you've got. Is I it? have a Ford F one fifty. Awesome. Yeah, and uh, that's the one of the family go getters there. And also, I've seen you loaded up with a lot of gear and and get after it. Yeah, yeah, that's my work truck. So you know, when when we've got a small to medium sized job, um, I use the F one fifty. It's got amazing you know space. Um, I got the tuno cover. You know. Oh no, yeah, I've, I've seen I've seen you all put gear in there, and I go, well, you know, yeah, how much more is in there? And you're like, oh, yeah. that's it. I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, we travel all over Texas, uh, you know, filming various projects. And and when I don't want to rent out a big old box truck, yep. I take the I take the F one fifty. Awesome. And your dream car? What's your dream car? Ooh, that's that's a 
that's an interesting one. I would maybe the um, the Enzo Ferrari. That oh, would, the, oh, the Ferrari Enzo. Ferrari Enzo. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah that, that would be that would be a uh, like the you know like the, like, the pinnacle, like holy grail type of car. Um, I I I mean, what else do I love? I love I love a um, maybe like a six like a Corvette Stingray. Oh yeah. Uh, a '55 Chevy Bel Air Coupe. Uh, which not with, th- yeah, not with fins. Yeah, no, the the, the, the no. And we've yeah. had a couple of those. My dad had. Uh, my dad was born in '55, and, and, ah. and so he's a big fan of those. I, I sold one. We had one um, about seven, eight years ago, and, oh. and and in I mean, he's had a couple of them through his life, and so I got to say that that one when I drive it or when I drove it, I loved it. Very you nostalgic. Know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would say the Stingray probably has the um, the Corvette Stingray is maybe the best as American design ever. The Bel Air is pure Americana. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it, especially in the coupe. It's got to yep. be the coupe. And um, and if uh, if I can talk to the right person over there at, at Payne, yeah. I, I'd love to uh, put my name on a waiting list for a, a Chevy uh, uh, Corvette Z06. That would be. Oh yeah, the, yeah. It's it looks different now. When I first saw the new Vet, yeah, I'm sitting. I saw it in red, and I went, "Is that a Ferrari?" They went, "That's the Vet." And yeah. I went, "But the engine's supposed to be in the front." And they went, "Well, yeah. the, things have changed." So yeah, you know, no, I uh, to be yeah. a Renaissance man. <laughs> so so right now that that would be you know when we're talking cars that would be the 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 dream car or the or the goal that I think maybe yes. I can I can the weekend uh, toy. Yeah, I I just turned forty, um, and I feel like that's my the Z06 is going to be my midlife crisis car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome! And uh, right quick before we go, uh, music. What kind of music you like? I'm a big fan of hip hop. Hip hop. Oh, yeah, boy. I mean, I grew up in the nineties. Uh, I, you know, Biggie Smalls, Tupac, you know, anything nineties. Tribe Called Quest, um, you know, KRS One, Public Enemy. I mean, that's late eighties. But um, you know, all all of these hip hop artists. And and the funny part is is I'm I'm from Brownsville, Matamoros. Mm-hmm. You know, and I felt that was the most American thing. That's the thing that spoke the most to me. Mm-hmm. Even though I I'm not you know. A, living in the you know uh, i'm not a black kid from like new york city or whatever but mm-hmm. for whatever reason i identified with the music mm-hmm. uh and i and i still love hip-hop i mm-hmm. still love it it's you know it's uh it, and right around that time is when, when basically it took over mainstream also so i'm i know i'm not the only one oh i remember yo mtv raps and also yeah i'd watch yeah. that in headbangers ball and one of my roommates in the army he we had, in our stereo we had two tape decks yeah and it was biggie's life after death oh yeah and it would auto play <laughs> so it's like all we would do is just turn the volume down yeah and then when we left the room and come back and turn it back up it didn't matter what track it was on it was like yeah. that was our our soundtrack for a while for our our crew there in the army. I mean, yeah, it's, it's weird. And I was a rock and roller, you know. Yeah, but I still yeah. got into it. Yeah. But if if I was to play you a song, what would you want to hear? Like artist and whatnot. I mean, I'm I've played Taylor Swift. I've played Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I know. What so, would what would I what is this like my outro song? Yeah, yeah, the, the soundtrack. Like no, it's uh, on Pain Auto Talk. You know, we you know I let the guests. You know, we talk a little bit about music, a little bit of course yeah. about cars, but also it's like, hey, if there's something you'd like me to play, and I'll play it. What would you like to hear? Mm. Get up, get 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 down. Nine one one's joking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when you said Public Enemy and all this, I'm like, oh man, I flavor flav. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to wear the clock, do I? No, I'm just kidding. No, oh. no, no, no. Um, what song? Oh, that's a, that's a good question, man. Um, 
Because I know you're trying to be serious, but you're, but you're also thinking, what can I stick Chris with just to just to <laughs> just to watch him squirm? Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That's that that's, that might be the toughest question. There's so many. There's so many good songs out there. Um. You know, I, I've been, I've actually been in, I guess what's called now, like just classic rock. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you're trying to go easy on me. Come on. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Come on. Throw it at me. Um, any, anything Tribe Called Quest. Tribe I, Called Quest. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Of course, it has to be a parental advisory safer pain oh, on the talk. Okay, okay, oh, okay. Oh, whoa. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, no, actually, I mean, they're, they're pretty good about, uh, about I got those you. lyrics. Um, yeah, just find something Tribe Called Quest, I guess. Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Okay, boy, I'm going to have to yeah. reach back in there. Well, Enrique, a little bit of change in the programming. Come to find out that uh, I'm just not a rapper. I don't have the proper flow. I went ahead, and I know you're a party animal of sorts. <laughs> and this is a great old party song. And I know it's uh, one that uh, you hold dear when it comes time to turn it loose. And uh, we don't have the rights to this song, but Mr. Toby Keith... Sure does. Now Red Solo Cup is the best receptacle for barbecues, tailgates, fairs, and festivals. And you, sir, will not be highly electable if you prefer drinking from a glass. Hey, a Red Solo Cup is cheap and disposable. In 14 years, they are decomposable. And unlike my home, they're not foreclosable. And Freddie Mac can kiss my foot. Red Solo Cup, I fill you up. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. I love you, Red Solo Cup. I lift you up. Proceed to party. Proceed to party. Now, I really love how you're easy to stack, but I really hate how you're easy to crack. Because when beer runs down the front of my back, well, that, my friend, is quite yucky. But I have to admit, the ladies get a smitten, admiring how sharply my first name is written. On you with a sharpie when I get to hitting on them to help me get lucky. Oh, Red Solo Cup, I fill you up. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. I love you, Red Solo Cup. I fill you up and proceed to party. Proceed to party. Now I've seen you in blue and I've seen you in yellow, but only you, Red, will do for this fella. Because you are the abbot to my Costello and you are the fruit of my loom. Here we go now, Red Solo Cup. You're more than just plastic. You're more than amazing. You're more than fantastic. And believe me that I'm not the least bit sarcastic when I look at you and say, Red Solo Cup, you're not just a cup. You are my friend, a lifelong friend. And I thank you for being my friend. Oh, Red Solo Cup, I fill you up. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. I love you, Red Solo Cup. I lift you up. Proceed to party. Proceed to party. I love you, Red Solo Cup. I fill you up. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. I love you, Red Solo Cup.
lift you up. Proceed to party. Proceed to party. And I know you've got to go. Your time is precious because I'm going to give up the ghost. You and the crew are going to go see Top Gun 2. That's right. That's right. So we got to get you out of here. Anything in closing that you would like to? Um, I'm having a lot of fun doing the pain commercials. You know, it's it. And I'm I'm very glad for you know for Donna, uh, uh, marketing director, to to believe in in what we bring to the table, and she kind of sold us to. Um, you know, to the owners uh, of like, you got to trust Enrique and his crew. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that 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 trust was built. And now we're doing some crazy stuff. And, and the, it's all fun. This is exactly the type of work that I'd like to be doing is, is it's creative. It's, you know, we got to be technically technically savvy about it, you know, working with green screen effects, 3D animation. I love comedy. So I, I love to write Indeed. comedy. And then you've got the pains, which are now, you know, game for whatever we're up to. So I, I, I really do enjoy working on these commercials and then having people remember them. You know, we, there's some commercials that haven't aired in a few years and people still remember them. I think that's really, really cool. So um, I, I get asked about that and they go, who writes that stuff? Like, who makes that yeah. stuff? And I go... That's a trade secret. Yeah. But now now the secret's out. But uh, the secret to your success is uh, is awesome. And we appreciate you being here on Pain Auto Talk. Once again, this has been myself, Chris Marshall of the Pain Street team and with Mr. Enrique Leal of Leal Media for this edition of Pain Auto Talk brought to you by Pain Auto Group Valley Wide and PainAutoGroup.com where we have what you want. Lo que tu quieres. Regardless, Danger Zone! <laughs> <laughs> and we are gone!